I'm Tiffany Norris, and you're listening to This is Richardson, a podcast that tells the stories of the people and places of Richardson, Texas. For this episode, I had a chance to sit down with RISD Superintendent Dr. Jeannie Stone. Now, this episode was recorded in February, long before we were dealing with COVID-19 or had any thought of schools moving to at-home learning for the remainder of the academic year. We talked about the diversity of the district, upcoming goals and initiatives, school ratings, and where in Richardson she likes to go to relax. I think you'll appreciate this interview even though you're listening to it in a different context than when we recorded it. And I have every confidence that when we're back in schools in the fall, we'll still have our rich diversity, some fantastic goals, and strong leadership from Dr. Stone. With 54 campuses, almost 40,000 students, um, you would expect there would be a lot of diversity in the Richardson School District. And that has been one of our favorite things for our family is that our girls have been exposed to a lot of different cultures and languages and, um, and people. And we love that about our city and about the schools. And so can you talk a little bit about how that diversity kind of shapes the culture of the Richardson School District? It's one of my very favorite things too, about the school district. And, you know, I find as families move into the school district, more and more families will say it's the reason that they moved into Richardson ISD was because they wanted their kids to have an experience where they did get to mix with lots of cultures, lots of perspectives, and they believe that's a great way to prepare them for their future in the real world. And so it's one of the the things that makes our school districts unique. We're the eighth most diverse district in the state. Really? With over a thousand school districts, we're oh, the eighth most diverse. That's interesting. And so that, you know, that brings so many opportunities just to, to engage with, with people that may be different, but we really um, promote that different can be great. It exposes you to different ways of thinking and um, different things that are done and different families and different, you know, lifestyles. And we just think it's one of the things that's the best thing about our district. Nice. Yeah, I was talking with another parent um, on on the podcast a few weeks ago, actually, and um, he has a daughter in um, one of my daughter's classes. And we were talking about how it's interesting. It kind of gives you both perspectives. It shows you that people are all the same. Down inside, we all like to play with toys. We all like to play outside. We all like, you know, we're all the same in how we approach our families. But then also, we're all different. And isn't that interesting that some people you know, speak primarily Spanish at home, or some people came to America from another country. And so you've got, yeah, a, the diversity shows you a little bit of that both, that we're the same, and we have really interesting differences too. There are over 80 different languages spoken in Richardson ISD, and we really try to get kids to believe that if they speak Spanish, for example, or, you know, Japanese, or whatever language they come to with us, us with, that um, it's an advantage. It's not a deficit. I mean, I wish I could speak two languages or three yes. languages or four languages fluently, as some of our kids can. Exactly. So that's really an advantage that is going to leverage them, you know, as they move forward in the world. Mm, nice. Um, so you've been here as superintendent for about three years now. Can you talk a little bit about maybe some of the challenges that you faced and some of the things that you're most proud of doing in the last few years? This is actually my fifth year. I moved in as Deputy superintendent. Oh, I see. Okay. And I had that position for just a little bit under a year. And then I was able to be blessed to get to take over superintendent, finishing up 
soon will be my fourth year. And I think I'm really, really proud of um, some of the initiatives that we've taken, some bold steps we've taken in the name of equity. In Richardson ISD, you know, we have over 56% of our school district. The kids are economically disadvantaged. And one of the things, though, because of the diversity of our school district and some other factors such as concentrations of some of the poverty in the district, sometimes that can be masked. And, you know, if you talk to people about Richardson ISD, they're sometimes surprised to know that the majority of our kids are on free and reduced lunch and that we have a lot of kids that do live in conditions of poverty. And so I think I'm really proud of the fact that we we talk about that openly and our board, for example, is is very, very supportive of us resourcing our campuses differently. And, you know, equity is about seeing which students and which campuses may need more and then putting more resources there. And so um, we've taken some bold steps in the last couple of years. We did, uh, we're in the second year of an ACE initiative, which is where we took four of our campuses that have the highest concentrations of economically disadvantaged kids. And we moved our teachers to those campuses and we pay them more. We pay those teachers $10,000 more to teach in those campuses that are the, the hardest to staff, where we have often the highest turnover, where we have the lowest student performance. I'm really proud of that move. It was a bold move. We reconstituted the campuses, which is where we, we went in and um, we had we, we really just interviewed for all of the teachers to come and fill the spots if they had experience growing kids. And while that was a challenging experience and a challenging chapter, we really were able to do that and still maintain a very healthy and supportive culture in the district because um, we brought people along. We created the why as to why it was important to do that. And really, if anything, increased our just that the health of our culture because the implementation was strong. So I'm pleased with that. Of course, we had a, a challenge last year in that we passed a tax ratification election. And, you know, I think one of the most challenging things about that was just that it did in some ways divide the community. You know, it's sometimes hard to communicate the real needs and to create a real high level of understanding as to why something like that is so necessary. Um, But it truly was necessary. And of course, our community passed it with the approval rating that allowed us to have the revenue that we need to move forward into the future for our growing needs. A couple of other things real quick. uh, We passed an equity policy that is, there are not many districts in the state that have an equity policy that spells out what we mean by equity, diversity, and inclusion. And then I think the last thing I definitely celebrate is that our teacher retention is going in the right direction, and we have the lowest teacher turnover that we have had in over five years. And so I'm really excited about keeping our best teachers here in Richardson ISD. Well, what are some of the goals and the things that you're looking towards finishing out this school year and then heading into the next academic year? So 
For the first time, our board just adopted five board goals, and we have a strong focus on outcomes and student performance. Of course, we're here. That's our business, is to educate every student and ensure they're being successful and growing every year. And so, um, but that really starts with pre-K. So we've expanded pre-K, and we're going to continue to expand pre-K. And next year, we will have... Um, a seat for every student who qualifies for pre-K. That'll be the first time in the district's history that we've been able to do that. Um, We have a third grade board goal that it's really a goal about closing that achievement gap in reading and math and having every student reading on grade level by the time they get to the third grade. And within that, there's some equity goals because we do have an achievement gap in our district, in the state, in the country where particular students, African-American students and Hispanic students, there is a gap in terms of their achievement, and we know that there's an opportunity gap often. And so what aggressive things can we do to close that achievement gap in the district? And so that's really a priority for us. Some of those goals, those board goals about eighth grade algebra, about making sure every student graduates college, career, military ready, and uh, that our graduation rate is the highest until we have 100% of our students graduating, then we, um, we will be on the attack of that. And, uh, and then just maintaining that teacher retention and ensuring that we are getting the best teachers in the classrooms and keeping them and growing them, supporting them, because it's all about the classroom teacher. Um, I know there's been a lot of talk lately about the possibility of changing from a junior high system with the 7th and 8th grade together to more of a middle school with the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade together. So can you talk a little about that possibility? Yeah, and you know, obviously that's a, that's a big challenge. Uh, capacity in our school district is a, it's been an ongoing challenge since I've been here. While we are not seeing a lot of, well, really not much of any um, new build we are having lots of regeneration of, of families turning over. And so we're continuing to grow. We're at um, about 39,600 students now. We're projected to hit 40,000. in the dis- That's the first time for the district ever and still growing to 42,000 within uh, five or six years. And so that's a challenge. And so um, some of our campuses are very, very full. And with our expansion of pre-K and just a lot of... Um, needs that we have. We need more space. So our facilities committee, we have a strategic action team committee that meets, and they actually made the recommendation to us after doing a lot of work about our facilities usage, our capacity study, about how we could create more space. And one of the ideas was to move sixth grade to junior high, as many districts have done. You know, there are a lot of districts. We're one of the few uh, that are left with just our grade configuration of of pre-K through 6, then 7, 8, then 9 through 12 on all different campuses. And so um, the Field Facilities Committee made the recommendation to us, but um, I asked for the, uh, we have another strategic action team that is over curriculum instruction, teaching and learning. That's the committee that really needs to make the recommendation. Is this what's best Sure, it might be best to create space, but is this what's best for uh, instruction for our kids? And so that strategic action team took up this challenge when they've been having regular meetings and they are moving toward a recommendation that will come in March as to whether or not they believe that sixth grade should move to junior high. And so um, there are a lot of parents on that committee 
They've been researching it. They have been taking visits to other districts, talking to other districts as to uh, that have either made that move. They're just really studying it and doing a very thoughtful uh, look at that issue before a recommendation comes forward. And then it'll go to our board for their consideration. But the thing is that um, obviously that would be years down the road. Um, you know, we're, we're looking at five or six years before that would even be, I think the kids that we figured this, the students are in kindergarten now would be the first ones that would go into the uh, sixth grade at junior high because we would have to obviously expand all of the junior highs. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're years down the road from that decision, but very, very keenly aware as a mom, a parent myself, that... That is that can be a very emotional decision for parents, and so it is it is something we want to do with the community. And so we have a lot of wonderful, thoughtful parents who are working with staff members to study that to see if that is what is best for our kids and ultimately for the future of our community. Well, thank you. Yeah, I've been very curious, and as a parent, watching that kind of closely and trying to to figure out, I was surprised to see that when when we moved here because I grew up with that more traditional middle school, right, sixth through eighth grade. Yeah. So I, when my girls went into elementary school, I said, "Oh, there are sixth graders here." Okay, yeah, <laughs> so and you know, we'll some, that. some beyond the and some of what the instructional team is looking at with parents is, you know, some of the reasonings that it is a good idea or for the opportunities that we want sixth graders to have, you know, with uh, fine arts and in particular to be able to be involved with the upper level instruction from for fine arts in particular. And so and and other opportunities as well that we could expand if the kids were, you know, there. But, you know, I also know that this is something we're going to do again with the community and we want there to be buy-in and support from our parents. So this is a question that I had, it may be a bit abstract, but I was wondering if, you know, kind of as groups, if you see that the elementary schools, the junior highs and the high schools, if they kind of have beyond their ages, <laughs> any patterns you see or just anything that stands out to you about um, about those groups in general as, as a whole? Well, you know, I think that speaks to culture. And that is um, one of the things that when I, um, I think this, this, one of the reasons why I think the school board chose me um, to be the superintendent is because I've had a lot of positive experience in building healthy cultures. And with a district of our size, um, you know, 54 campuses, 39,000 plus students, as diverse as we are, you want at the same time for there to be something that is uniting all of those who are part of the school district. And so I would say, first of all, that um, all of us being aligned to the thought that's really can best described in three words, that all means all, and that every single student matters, and that we are um, we want to embrace, like we talked about earlier, the differences that everyone has as strengths. We can learn from each other, and that's what I think is one of the biggest things that unites us. You know, having something else that I think we want all of our campuses to have in common is just high-quality teachers and administrators and leadership, obviously, a caring and inclusive learning environment, while still allowing they them to have their individual personalities. You know, Richardson High School, obviously the flagship. There's so much tradition there with our uh, eagles that is there. We you know they're they're allowed 
to ha- to shut down the city every year to have a, a homecoming parade that goes down the streets of Beltline, and and you know they're they're always going to be able to allow, allowed to have that because they're the flagship high school, right? Lots of tradition there, lots of diversity there. It's great. Berkner has uh, STEM for all. They were the first to have a STEM academy there, which then has expanded to the whole feeder pattern. So that whole feeder pattern is sort of known for STEM for all. Um, Lake Highlands, I mean, you're a wildcat from the time that you go into pre-K until the time that you graduate, and then you come back and you want your kids and grandkids to be wildcats. Mm -hmm. There's just a a huge, huge tradition there for that. Um, Of course, Pierce, boy, they are... uh, we have we have a new principal there, Mike Evans, and he he's building, I think, maybe, you know, even a, a new tradition there, really, really focused on that. They're one of our only campuses that have what's called an SOS program, and it's about the upper um, classmen of the school really, really mentoring and leading the freshmen. So, you know, each one that and that's just something that's really, really strong there is just how, how the students are unified in, in leadership. So I, I think each one of the high schools and each one of the learning communities, as we call them, have their own individual personalities, but are united in that we all want to have as our North Star that every student matters. And you mentioned um, the feeder program. Can you talk a little bit also about just our magnet programs that we have here? Yeah. So um, our magnet schools, they really offer these nice, attractive kind of enhancements and enriched curriculums and programs. um, And we have offerings throughout all of Richardson ISD. Um, they It's really centered around some different best practices or instructional methods, providing different experiences. And we have a lot of families that make decisions about where they're going to live or where they're going to drive across town to take their students based on wanting them to get in to one of the magnet um, program offerings. And so we have, and this is what, you know, we really think is, can make us something really special about Richardson ISD, whether or not it is to go to um, our Richardson High School where we have the law magnet. At some of our junior highs, we have the theater magnet, the um, technology is, we have STEM for all. We have even magnet offerings at Hamilton Park, which is all about leadership. Arapahoe Classical is one of our magnet program offerings that's all around um, fine arts and humanities. And we're not done yet. We're, we're we're actually on our strategic plan is part, uh, we're looking at opening or offering some type of dual language experience. Mm-hmm. So that could be coming in the future. And so um, we really, you know, there's, there's a lot of competition that's out there um, in other districts with either private schools or charter schools stealing away our, our kids and families. That has not been a, a challenge for us. Um, knock on wood, this is the sound that you hear. We don't really want that to be, but I think some of that is because we do have such rich offerings and we have families just getting here as fast as they can because there is an experience and a learning environment that's that's going to be right for every kid. And so um, I'm really proud of the magnet offerings. We hope to expand them. And we have lots of partners that are working with business partners. Bank of America is our most recent one that's come in to Pierce High School. And why Pierce High School is not classified as a magnet school, 
They are working with uh, Bank of America to bring in a strand um, for students to concentrate on marketing and finance. So Bank of America has volunteers that come in. They have touch points where they meet with groups of students. And these students are actually going to be able to um, get into a program where they can get dual credit and um, college experience and uh, certifications while they're still in high school. So we want that for every single one of our students. And so offerings, enhanced offerings for students is what we're all about. Um, well, so I kind of wanted to touch base on a couple of more things. Um, and again, you know, the, the parents that I had interviewed for uh, the podcast episode a few weeks back, we were talking about the great schools rating of our neighborhood school. And, um, and you mentioned, you know, several of the schools maybe have um, a larger representation of poverty or struggling or different things like that. You know, but everything that I have heard from parents that not just the parents I talked with the other day, but across the district, once they get into the school, you know, even the schools that maybe are a little bit more disadvantaged or don't have the resources that some of the other ones do, they have been nothing but happy with the teachers, with the programs, with the staff. It is evident, um, and speaking especially about our own neighborhood school, about Greenwood Hills, that these teachers just really care about our kids. And that has been so valuable to me as a parent. And so I I don't like to see, you know, online on some of these rating systems um, or, or some of the review systems and things like that. They might be struggling on paper, but the schools are doing really well in a lot of ways. And so kind of how do you get that message out? And so, what you know, how can you talk with parents maybe who are coming in concerned, you know, to, to sort of catch that a little bit earlier? Sure. And that's a good question. And I, I tried to get out lots of communication about this. But, you know, these types of websites are based primarily on star scores, mm-hmm. which is obviously a summative snapshot of what students are going to demonstrate on one testing day. And they don't really include the measures of staff involvement at the school or extracurricular activities, you know, offered to students. Uh, they don't measure the community engagement uh, because these these types of measures are really hard to capture and quantify. And so the scores aren't going to provide a true picture of how we're serving students holistically. The A through F rating is a new rating that the state has put on schools, and it's really intended so that parents can, you know, we've we've all grown up with an A through F grading system our entire lives. And so You know, you see a school that might have a B or you might have a C, um, but what that doesn't tell you is how individual students are growing and how maybe as a campus that that campus is growing kids overall. And so, um, but, you know, I always encourage parents, dig in, ask questions. Until every single one of our schools is an A, then, of course, we're in continuous improvement cycle. Um, But what we want is a success for every student. And what we want to see is every student growing from the first day of the school year, that they've grown an entire grade level or more by the end of the school year. And just quantifying that into one letter grade sometimes doesn't tell the whole story, but that is our goal to ensure that kids are growing. But one day of star testing does not tell the whole story. Exactly. Okay. Well, great. Well, the last question I have is something I ask everybody that I interview. Um, what is your favorite Richardson place or business organization? Anything that you want to give a shout out to? 
Hmm. Well, I could probably tell you that the waiters at Mi Casina at Coyton Campbell would definitely tell you that based on my frequency there, that that is my favorite restaurant. My um, my husband, my husband and I live in that area, and um, we frequent it often. And it's often a time, you know, the superintendent's position is, um, the job is uh, pretty much 24-7, uh, all year long, and um, which is great. And sometimes it's just good to sit across the table uh, from my husband, and we love Tex-Mex, and uh, we often do that at Me Casino. There's so many businesses and places in Richardson uh, that it, it's hard to choose one, but definitely Me Casino is my pick. Nice. Yeah, it's great. Yep. Well, is there anything else though, that you'd like to add that I didn't ask you about or didn't cover? You know, I, I guess in closing, I would just love to, you know, anybody who follows us on Twitter, follows me on Twitter at Three um, J Stone. I have a pretty big Twitter uh, presence there, which is a way to connect with our 5,000 employees and our uh, community as a whole. But I think that what you'll see if you follow us, follow the district, we have something called Say Something. It's a theme that is going on in our school. Hashtag RSD Say Something. And what that is, is it is a statement of a culture where we really want to be open. We want to listen. We want there to be two-way communication. If you if you have some way we can improve, if you have something to celebrate, if you have a concern, if you have a question, then we want you to say something and it's to be okay to say something. You're going to be met with welcome open ears, but I, I think that there's too much that's out there, for example, on social media that sometimes isn't positive, and there are a lot of people saying things about the school or about the school district. Let's talk to us, because if you talk to us, we can work together to make this the best school district for all of our kids. We've mentioned a couple of times on the podcast how very happy we've been with our experience at our neighborhood public school. Our girls have been taught well and cared for by their teachers, and we were already so grateful for all of the hard work of the teachers and staff there. That gratitude has only multiplied in the last month as we've watched Dr. Stone, our principal, all the teachers and the staff navigate this extremely challenging experience with grace and good humor. We'd also love to hear about your RISD experience, either in light of our current situation or just in general. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and at thisisrichardson.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tiffany Norris. This is Richardson as part of the On The Go FM Network.